Hey there, fellow therapists, and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. We're back with some new episodes. I am so excited to be back connecting with you in this way. I love podcasts because, yes, email emails can be great, and getting on Instagram and connecting there can be wonderful, but there's really something special about you setting aside the time to learn about a specific topic and to be a witness to these conversations that I get to have. And then we can follow up in email or DMs because truly I love connecting with each of you individually whenever I get the chance. Today's episode is all about SEO for therapists. SEO what? What in the world is SEO even? We may have heard of it before. If you're anything like me, you heard that and you were like, that's for techie people. Like, that's not me. That, no thanks. But in today's episode, we're actually demystifying what SEO is and how this really relates to us as therapists and can be really supportive in terms of building that bridge between you and that client that's looking for someone just like you. SEO is really about filling up your caseload with the right clients. In today's episode, I invited onto the podcast, Christy. Christy Plantinga is the founder of Therapy SEO, an SEO agency that helps therapists, coaches, and content creators reach more of their ideal clients on Google. When she's not helping her clients rank on Google, in her own words, she says she can be found cuddling her Terrier Winston or watching true crime. My kind of girl, especially considering I have both my dogs at my feet right now, maybe you can hear them. They're both, one's a puppy chewing on my pants and the other one is my senior dog who just is pretty much laying there (laughs) and just chilling. Anyway, my kind of girl, and you get to hang out with us for the next 45 minutes or so. I'm so glad you're tuning in. You're going to learn a lot. You're going to walk away with a better understanding of SEO and how you can begin to integrate it into your business today and with some pretty cool resources to help get you going. All right, let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, educator, and mom to three, passionate about supporting other therapists in crafting a profitable and meaningful private practice. Our work can be isolating. As therapists, we aim to hold space for meaningful change. As modern-day therapists, we have an opportunity to hold more space for even greater change, but we don't have to sacrifice our values and wellness in the process. We can choose to define success for ourselves, and we don't have to do it alone, which is why I'm so glad you chose to witness the following conversation today. I'm so glad you're here. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, Christy. Thank you so much for joining me today and diving into this topic for all of our listeners, fellow therapists. I'm really excited because this is a topic that I think when I initially heard the word SEO, 
I was like, that sounds like gibberish. That sounds like <laughs> science. That sounds like something that really smart techie people know about and do. And that's not for me. That's not my, that's not something I need to care about. Right. And then once I dove a little bit deeper into the world of modern marketing as a business owner, I was like, ah, dang it, this is something I need to care about. (laughs) So I'm really excited to get a chance to dive more into this topic with you today. So Christy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to be here and help, you know, spread the word about SEO. (laughs) Yeah, spread the word. Okay. (laughs) Well, before we dive in, can you share with our listeners just a little bit about yourself? Like why, why, why SEO, Christy? Why has that become something you care so deeply about? Yeah, definitely. So actually when I started college, I was planning on becoming a therapist. I was part of the like, you're an old soul and a good listener to therapist pipeline. (laughs) Yeah, there's totally that pipeline. (laughs) Um, So I was part of that. Um, And, you know, just having like a general interest and care for people. Um, But by my last semester, you know, I could just tell that I wasn't ready for grad school. I definitely wasn't ready, you know, to help anyone else with their problems. So you know, I was, I was just like tabling it for now. Um, and so I took a year off and I just thought about what I enjoy and what I was good at. And it always came back to writing. So mm-hmm. I started my master's in written communication. And within that, it was more of like a technical writing program and teaching writing. So that's a big part of my background too. Um, But within that, I found marketing and content marketing and SEO specifically within that. And it was just such a good fit for what I was interested in. So, you know, after school, I got into SEO and I knew that I always wanted to start my own thing. And I knew I wanted to work with a specific population. And it was just no duh. Of course, I'm you know going to work with therapists and combine, you know, my passion for the mental health field therapists are awesome clients compared to other people that I've worked with. Um, (laughs) It was just, it was a match made in heaven, honestly. And yeah, I've been doing it ever since. So I, I love to hear a background story and I, I love how you bridged a couple of different things that you are good at and also passionate about and aligned with your values and the work, what you wanted to bring to the table and offer the world. And I love how all that came together to support us because we do not get any of this. I mean, we don't get any marketing support in graduate school or any training. We get thrown to the wolves, it feels like, like with some great clinical skills. Like we can we can help the wolves with their emotions and relationships and mental health. But when it comes to finding the wolves. I don't know how I got on this metaphor, but when it comes to finding the folks who are going to be the right fit for us, who've been out there searching for someone just like us, um, building that bridge is not something that we necessarily get support around. And that's an area that I know you and I share a lot of passion around. This is why I have the podcast. This is why I have my Instagram account for therapists. This is why I have my courses because I needed that support and I'm going to try to create that roadmap for others 
who are looking for the same support. So let's dive in. SEO. First off, let's define some terms. What does this even stand for? Yes. <laughs> Great question. <coughs> so a lot of people I'm sure have heard the words floating around, like in the private practice building world. You know, I'm sure it's been heard of. Um, but the letters themselves stand for search engine optimization. And it's the process that we go through to optimize our websites to rank highly for certain keywords like therapist in Dallas or teletherapy in California. So it's all of the different work that goes into that, I would say is my very mm. simple definition. Okay. Yes. And I thank you for telling us what it stands for and then diving a little bit deeper because just the words search engine optimization, I think is where I initially was like, oh, this is for like super techie people <laughs> and like not something I'm going to need to consider or want to consider because it sounds, it sounds hard and it sounds like not something I have skills around. But when you unpack it in the way that you just did, what we're really talking about here is communication, right? And words are a part of communication and finding the right words to build these bridges of connection. And hey, you know what? You know who's pretty good at doing that? Therapists. So <laughs> that actually is kind of uplifting to consider. Um, okay. So talk to us a little bit about why therapists should care about this and what are some different ways in which SEO is something that you want to consider when it comes to your marketing plan? Yeah, definitely. And I love how you interpret it as communication. Because um, I think, you know, when we hear something like SEO, we immediately get caught up in that, you know, techie side of things. Um, you know, my parents don't know what I do. I'm not even sure my husband understands what I do. Um, and, but it's my favorite thing to just break this down more into what it means than the actual kind of logistics of it. You know, with my clients, I get to that too. But yes, I love that you interpreted that SEO really is communication. Um, so there are lots of reasons I think SEO um, is the best marketing strategy to get clients. So, you know, I'm not saying that it's necessarily the best for all the things that therapists are doing now. You know, I think Instagram, you know, TikTok, these things have amazing potential for helping audience accomplish other business goals. Um, but when it comes to SEO, it's, it's a few things that make it just perfect for getting clients specifically. One, it's like showing up on the first page of psychology today, every time, every time <laughs> someone searches your page one, you're right up there. Um, and if you can even imagine all the clients that you would get if you're on page one of psychology today, it'd be too much for sure. Um, for one person. Yeah. <laughs> way too much. Um, and the thing is with psychology today, I know a lot of my clients tell me that those clients aren't necessarily aligned. If people come to your website first, they're way more likely to understand your specialties, get a feel for your personality. So I think SEO typically brings in more aligned clients generally. 
And psychology today is, you know, a random process. They randomly sort the results. And for me, I don't want my marketing in the hands of a random process. That freaks me out. So there is not really guesswork in SEO. We obviously have to, you know, look at your location and your niche. So there are different adjustments we make, but it really is just kind of at the end of the day, straightforward. We know what to do. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's one of the reasons that I really, really love SEO for therapists specifically. Um, I will say too, it's one of my goals with my clients to minimize time and maximize impact when it comes to marketing. So some of my clients- Oh my gosh, please give me, give me that. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, because, you know, some of my clients, they spend- three hours per week on Instagram content and Instagram content yeah. lasts 24 hours, maybe a couple days if you go viral, but then it's, it's kind of out, you know, of the public conscience, but, um, or public conscious, but with the content we create for SEO, that's there for forever. Really, you know, you probably have to like mm-hmm. tend to the content every once in a while, but you're going to get months and months and years and years of exposure on this stuff. So when it comes to the time we put into creating content for Google, the effects of it last so much longer than on other platforms. That makes so much sense. And here's here's kind of like the image that comes to mind. Somebody who's on Instagram is coming onto Instagram for a variety of reasons, right? Like we can't always predict why they're showing up, mm-hmm. um, but maybe this is someone who follows you and I almost see like the content we put out on Instagram, which I do, I do think is there's tons of value in being able to show case yourself on there and use it as a really intentional marketing tool that can really support building that bridge. I would say a lot of my clients and folks who have found my other offerings have found me through Instagram initially, but I almost Mm -hmm. see Instagram as like, you log on and you're kind of like strolling around the neighborhood and people like jump out of their house and they're like, look at this thing I made, <laughs> like, here's this message, you know? And you're just like, like, okay, keep scrolling. And like, you might, it might stick. It might lead you to want to walk into their home and like look mm-hmm. around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the, the website, um, I see where we can use, utilize SEO as like the home. And people might find that home through Instagram, right? That's definitely an option. You can build those connections there. But when somebody is going on to say Google and typing in some search words because they're struggling and they're looking to find support, that's a very intentional search Mm. for the right house, right? And you want – you. what I hear you saying is that SEO can help your house be the first that shows – up on that list, Mm -hmm. right? Or the first house that they land on. Um, And ideally a very intentional house, right? That like once they walk in, they feel like, oh, I belong here. Um, Mm -hmm. This feels like a good connection. This feels fit. This feels safe. Um, This feels like someone that I want to, I think might be able to support me. So I don't know. That was just like this random visual that came to my mind. Does it resonate? Is there anything you would add in there or tweak? Yeah, I think you're touching on something 
really important too, where on social media, I think a lot of times when people are in social media, they're on their lunch break, they're kind of scrolling, maybe like they have a show on, you know, people aren't necessarily in that moment looking to hire a therapist. But if someone searches, you know, therapist near me, they're ready to go. <laughs> you know, they're ready to hire yeah. someone. So the intent of actually working with you is so much higher. And the mm -hmm. content you can create on Instagram and TikTok, it's just amazing. Um, and I think a lot of times those forms of marketing are more about audience building, which can lead, you know, to other interesting business opportunities, which are super yes. fun. But when it comes to getting clients, you know, it's, it's just a more direct way. Additionally, yeah. since Instagram, it's the internet, they're coming from all over. So if people are searching for a therapist, Google understands where they're located. So they're also yeah. going to be for sure where you're licensed, obviously. Maybe if you're not in like a city, like right on the cusp of another state. But for the most part, you know, Google understands they're located near you. So you can also serve yeah. them. Oh, that makes so much sense. Um, and and I do, I will say that I think that a lot of, a lot of times the modern, um, the modern client or customer is once they say maybe find your website because you had great SEO, aligned mm -hmm. SEO, and they found you, that they might say, I want to see, is this person on social media? I think that a lot of people mm -hmm. now are wanting to, before they commit um, or invest, they're wanting to do a little bit of their own research or like get to know mm -hmm. this person a little bit more. And so having an Instagram account or a presence on social media does not need to be tens of thousands, but like a presence mm -hmm. where you are showing yourself and showing some of the different topics that you talk about and how you talk about them or podcast guest appearances, any of these things just give people other opportunities to um, get to know you and um, can further allow that connection to build and happen. Okay, so this is starting to make more sense um, in terms of why we would care about SEO <laughs> as therapists, especially therapists looking for clients. But let me, let me also ask, would, would SEO be something that, say someone has a digital course and they have a website, a sales page for that course, is SEO also something that could support that, that therapist who has these other business offerings? Or are you primarily focused on SEO for um, caseload building? Yeah. And obviously, like the case building stuff, that's something I think I teach the majority of the time. And then I help other mm -hmm. people the majority of the time. But actually, you know, a specialization of mine is blogging and building an audience through blogging. Um, mm. The reason that having a really robust blog is great for selling digital products is because digital products, courses, it's really a numbers game, right? The average conversion rates for a course are about 1% to 3%. Mm -hmm. Let's let that sit in. That's not a pretty yeah. number. I think that a lot of us are uh, told about when we create these things. We're kind of sold the dream, but not really the reality of these conversion rates are low. So maybe people find you on Instagram, but are you getting, you know, a thousand new followers every month? But mm -hmm. with blogging, you can get thousands of people to your website every month, get them onto mm -hmm. your list and convert them there. So you obviously need a fair amount of content to do that. Um, and I think 
long story short, you can build an audience through your blog. Um, and it's actually more, it's probably a better way to get numbers than maybe mm-hmm. Instagram, unless if you're someone who's really taking off and that's amazing. Um, but I think those kinds of numbers, especially if you want these kinds of things to replace your income, you just need more people getting into your ecosystem, getting onto your email list, looking at your website and blogging has that potential for therapists. Yeah. Okay. As somebody who used to blog, got burnt out and also (laughs) is honoring for myself that staring at a screen with a blink cursor with like a little a blinking cursor sorry bl- blank cursor was a little slip there of like I feel blank when I see the blinking cursor yeah. um it's you know I I shifted from blogging to podcasting I'm curious do you have a sense of whether or not po- like podcasting and having a podcast or these sort of things and also the SEO play a part in that and also support in building that audience and those numbers through search engine optimization if someone's searching um can podcast episodes now come up and kind of be a replacement for blogs or do you really feel like like having both and having the blog and the written content in addition is going to be really important yeah i definitely think the transcripts of podcasts can help with SEO because if you have the written content on your blog, that works really well. You just have to make sure it's formatted as a blog, not just like yeah. a long bunch of text. You know, it doesn't have to <laughs> yeah. be formatted in a way that people are actually going to read. Um, mm-hmm. The only reason that maybe not be a direct, you know, form of SEO is because you're not necessarily bringing clients because you're probably not targeting keywords on your podcast. But one of the things that boosts the authority of our websites and makes us more likely to rank is kind of this, I would describe it as a library of content, this library of expertise, right? So Google can tell that's all there. And, you know, the the machine of Google understands then that you are an expert in this because you've written so much about it. So if you can turn your podcast script or a script through your transcript, your podcast transcript into a blog post, that is totally. a really good way to do that. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna promise that that's gonna bring you tons of people to your website every month. Um, but it does definitely boost the authority of your website. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's what I also am hearing though is like this idea of like repurposing content and not always having to rework the wheel. I think that part of my process of writing is I first do need to talk it through. And mm-hmm. like I, I would so much rather sit and have a conversation about something than just stare at that blinking cursor. But when I, I have like like I have podcast episodes or if somebody has been a guest on a podcast, right? Like I'm just talking to those who are like, I want to I choose, I choose podcasting. I don't choose blogging. Yeah. Um, for those folks that once we've talked it through and like for instance, I have a virtual assistant who helps me and they often outline my podcast episodes, which really helps with marketing those episodes and creating show yeah. notes. But we could probably easily turn those into blog posts um, and then add those blog posts onto the website connected to the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So you're just kind of repurposing content there. And in the 
in the blog post portion of it, really taking into consideration SEO and words. So when it comes to this idea of using the right words, like how do we know what the right words are to use when it comes to really optimizing those search engines? Yeah, definitely. And do you mind if I make a quick comment on what you just said? Yeah, I think yeah, please. There's, there's two things I want to get across about this kind of, you know, fear, the blank cursor, if you will, <laughs> the blank blinking yeah. cursor. Because um, I've taught this to so many people at this point. I think a lot of imposter syndrome comes up for therapists mm. when it comes to writing. I'm not a writer. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry. Do you have a master's degree? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a writer, you know, and I think people are really, really quick to discredit that they have these writing abilities and anybody is a writer. We're mm-hmm. all writers. It's just at these different levels with different expertise. So a lot of imposter syndrome comes up when I'm working with clients about, you know, just writing and blogging, all that kind of stuff. So it's just good to check in with yourself and think, and it, it can be both. Do I not enjoy this or is something kind of, you know, maybe activating me a little bit that's triggering this anxiety procrastination loop that we're all a victim of. Oh, you're definitely touching something there. I think (laughs) when it comes to SEO, when it comes to writing in general, and then you throw in things like SEO, there's for sure imposter syndrome that can creep in. Mm -hmm. And I know that I'm not alone in that. So thank you. Thank you for naming that piece here. I actually have a whole episode about imposter syndrome for therapists. I'll have to to link that one um, in the show notes here. Maybe following this conversation, someone might need to hear what's over Mm -hmm. there. Um, Okay. So back to this question of like, what, how do we know what words to use to optimize this, these search engines? Yeah. So keyword research can get pretty intensive um, that's the way that I teach it, you know, obviously, because I'm working with people in a paid capacity. So we're doing, you know, we're doing the most together. Um, but in terms of just getting started there, um, I encourage people to do what many of us refer to in like the SEO education space as common sense keywords. Um, so what do you think people search probably therapists in Los Angeles, right? So there's, you know, there's just that basic of what kind of therapists are people looking for. We do have to keep in mind that a lot of times people aren't searching the way that they think or we think they are as well. So, you know, for example, I'm a therapist that specializes in self-esteem issues or something, but more often than not, people search for the giant bucket of therapists Maybe they break off into anxiety, depression, grief, couples, sometimes modalities like CBT. But for the most mm-hmm. part, in the public conscience, the psychoeducation really isn't there. You know, obviously yeah. we know that's what they need, but they don't really have the words yet to search for that on Google. And that's when they come into our homes, like we've been talking about. And then we get this opportunity to educate them on the things that are really going on. Um, So when we use common sense keywords, we just have to understand where most people are at when they're searching for us. And in terms of more blog topics, what I like to do, and I do this exercise with my clients, um, in marketing language, you know, these are pain points, but write down the stuff that 
your clients are saying to you in sessions? What sorts of topics are they bringing up? Questions, complaints, all of that is the potential for a blog post. So I, when in doubt, common sense keywords, I think are the way to go. Okay. So I'm just thinking some common sense keywords that someone might be typing in who is looking for a therapist that I would be potentially a good fit for might be something like postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a common sense word potentially, right? Um, And then in terms of integrating that keyword so that it optimizes searches, am I just putting it somewhere in like my, on my about page? Like how is this like technically actually working in terms of integrating these common sense keywords? Yeah. I love the technical stuff. I like to get into it. I like the details. So my general rule of thumb in terms of keyword placement, five to six times per 1,000 words is like the general, if I had to say where to start with that. And then in terms of where it goes on your website, each page needs to be dedicated to a specialty or service. So we can put all the things we do on one page because Google won't really know what to do with it, you know? Okay. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, are you helping people with anxiety? Are you helping people with grief or helping with depression? Are you doing postpartum stuff? Like, what are you doing? So when we separate those topics out, Google understands that that piece of content is specifically geared to that searcher, to that keyword. And we can just do such better education. You know, instead of going five different directions, we can go really well in one direction um, and get super comprehensive on the topic. And quality content will always win. It might take Mm -hmm. you a while to get there, but high quality content is the name of the game. The internet is a giant index of content. So the the higher quality of content you have with kind of like those SEO specific things like adding keywords that's going to be your best bet. And that comes back to communication, right? Like that's the, that's the core theme. And and you're also speaking to my heart here because I, I talk a lot about the importance of really honing in on your niche and like permitting yourself to like hone in on that niche. And what I hear you saying is that that is really important, um, not just to, so that when this, when the person lands on your page, they feel at home and they feel like, oh, Finally, like this is this is where this is what I've been looking for in terms of what I need support around. It's not just another website that looks like every other therapist website, <laughs> right? Or saying the same things. But I'm also hearing that this is important in terms of SEO, in terms of communicating not just to clients but to Google. You know what it is that mm-hmm. you specialize in and and what what your niche is. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is super helpful. Um, in terms of like your, because I know that you're you're a resource and I want to get to where people mm-hmm. can find you as a resource when it comes to SEO um, in a bit here and any other resources that you have available. But in terms of like top tips, like if, if somebody was to walk away, let me reframe that, not just tips, like what is the message? Like if somebody is to walk away from this episode, a therapist who is looking for marketing support and so they came landed here because they they know seo is something related to marketing and they're trying to figure out what it is like what are some of the top messages that you want the listener to walk away with 
Um, and if there's like tips embedded in there, then awesome. But I, I really want to honor the fact that the listener, I want them to walk away with some like confidence and a message mm-hmm. of how they can utilize this information for themselves. What yeah. would what would those what would that message be or any tips you'd include? So a few things we've talked about already. Um, common sense keywords, you know, you can find those for sure. You don't need to be, you know, techie <laughs> as a lot of people yeah. come to me, you know, feeling insecure. Also improve your content. And if you don't know what that means, it means being comprehensive. Ideally, you're linking to some good articles or maybe some research and you're being really specific to the topic. If you're following those kind of three overarching themes and that's the standard that you're aiming towards, you're going to be served really well there. Um, And we haven't really gone into this at all, um, but I think clients or therapists should be taking way more advantage of their Google My Business profiles. Um, you know, if you have one, if not, figure it out, get one, you know, because like you can get so many clients from that and you can rank way more quickly. Um, it's just it's less competitive because therapists aren't really using the listings really to the yeah. extent that they can. I mean, generally, I think your Google My Business listing is the most underutilized asset in your business. You know, a lot of experts in the space say that it is your second home on the internet. So do Google My Business, get one up if you haven't. Um, I have a bunch of stuff on optimizing your listing if anyone's interested in that, but it's just such a huge opportunity to get clients. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think that I had heard of that before. So I think that kind of speaks to the fact that, like you said, um, it's really underutilized, but really important. And so if you utilize it, like that's, you're going to benefit from, from both of those pieces there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. Um, yeah. If you can send me any links to the resources that you shared about like optimizing your profile on these things, I'll be sure Mm -hmm. to include those in the show notes. Okay. So let me hear a little bit more about where folks can find you and the resources that you have to offer, as well as any other resources that you'd want to include um, when it comes to SEO for therapists. Yeah. I think generally for the things we talked about, I think we focused a lot on content. So I do have some resources about content writing specifically. So you know, obviously everything that I'm writing is very much geared towards therapists. Um, But I also have a blog post that links to some of my favorite SEO articles by other SEO experts. And that's like, that's how I got my start in SEO because no one goes to school for SEO. You know, we all are just figuring it out as we do it. So if you read those articles I have, you're going to have a really good understanding of how Google works. So definitely some of that, like I mentioned, I have my Google My Business course, which I think if I had anyone's time and attention and they really needed clients, that's what I would discuss with them. So Mm -hmm. definitely can send some of those your way. Um, Different blogs, but it can get overwhelming pretty quickly because SEO can get very techie. 
that's not how I mm. like to talk about it. So I'm kind of the filter, <laughs> yeah. know, like getting the technical stuff and then having it actually um, make sense for um, just everyday people, everyday therapists, right? Um, so yeah, there's lots out there, but it's important to get it from reputable sources because I have noticed there are some not super reputable sources in other people mm -hmm. talking about SEO in the therapy industry which was very surprising for me coming into this where, mm -hmm. you know, I was just kind of, you know, how are people sharing these tips? Like that's 2014 stuff, you know? So just yeah. make sure you're going to updated trusted sources, try to, you know, just use critical thinking and really ask, does this make sense? Does this come back to like the themes that I understand about SEO, right? We've talked about common right. sense, keywords, communication, that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's my, one of the takeaways that I'd like people to have is just be careful where you're getting your information. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you'll send me links to some of these mm -hmm. resources that were mentioned, and I'll be sure to include all of these in the show notes. People can find you also on Instagram, uh, yes. therapy, SEO, and therapy is T-H-E-R-A-P-I-E, right? Mm -hmm. S-E-O. Yep. And I will definitely link that as well so folks can stay connected to you that way um, and join maybe your email list and stay yeah. up to date in, in email that list way as well. Is big. Um, just because yeah. a lot of um, information about SEO is kind of a dense topic, you know, so it's typically better understood in longer form content. Instagram, that's not really its thing. So definitely email list is to get a deeper learning and understand totally. stuff. So absolutely. Wonderful. Well, Christy, thank you so much for coming on. I so appreciate the chance to connect with you and learn from you. Um, all the listeners who want to learn more, go check out those show notes. Mm -hmm. And again, Christy, thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. You've been listening to holding space for therapists, the podcast. Are you ready to take the next step in starting or growing or pivoting your modern private practice? Go check out that link in the show notes. The Crafted Practice and the Established Therapist Toolkit are my two e-courses for therapists. They're self-paced and they cover all the things that I wish I learned in grad school, but definitely was not covered. Everything from modern marketing to diversifying your income and all the startup 101 stuff that you actually do need to know when establishing your own business as a therapist and entrepreneur. I walk you through step-by-step step through video lessons, and you also get to join our private Facebook community. If you want to be the first to know when future episodes air, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And the best way to support the podcast is to leave a review. All right, fellow therapists, I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.